I'm Jay Caruso, and this is Closer Consideration. Everybody loves art. Mostly everybody. There are different types of art. Art is subjective. Some people don't like certain types of art or certain types of artists. I'm not a big fan of Picasso's cubist art, or any kind of cubist art for that matter. It's just not something I enjoy. I am much more inclined to want to see Monet and other types of impressionists. At the same time, there's other types of art as well. Cartoons are art. Caricatures are art. I fell in love with caricatures when I was a kid, and I used to get copies of Mad Magazine with artists like Mort Drucker and Jack Davis and Dave Berg. My guest today is Jason Seiler. Jason Seiler has had the honor of doing a cover of Mad Magazine, but he's also done covers of the magazine that I work for, the Washington Examiner. He's done magazine covers for the Weekly Standard. He's also done Time Magazine's Person of the Year. In fact, the most recent one from last year, which featured President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris, was done by Jason. And on this episode, he's going to talk about his background in art, where he got started, what he loves to do, the artists that have inspired him, and also the uh, the current environment in drawing caricatures, particularly of politicians, which is something that's been done for hundreds of years. But in a new political culture that we're in, a lot of times some of this stuff is verboten. And we're going to talk to him about that as well. You can listen to this podcast at ricochet.com, but you can also subscribe at iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Jason Seiler, uh, thank you so much for being on Closer Consideration. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, man. Uh, so let's let's talk about let's talk about what you do. So you're an illustrator, you're an artist. Uh, we can talk a little bit later too about you know you start to do some stand up comedy, but really want to focus on the art and. Um, so what, what is your kind of like, kind of explain what your creative process is. Somebody says, we would like to have a character drawn of X. It could be anybody. It could be a politician. could be a, an athlete. And so what is, what is the process that you go through with someone when you're doing that? Because obviously they have a, they, the person who's commissioning you to do the work has a vision in mind of what they want. And then you want to kind of be in line with them. But at the same time, you obviously kind of apply your own uh, your own flair to to the to the work. So how how does that work when you do that? Yeah, that's the interesting part is that it it's you're always doing something for somebody else, and so even though they've seen your work and they like your work, they always have like this idea in mind, and so you're it's like it's sometimes it's you, you don't know how much freedom you have to explore or push things, and so usually you find that stage out in this in this you find that out in the sketch stage. Um, but usually what I do is I'll ask, you know, depending on if it depends on if it's like a caricature illustration or if it's a realistic portrait type illustration. Um, I, I always ask like, what's the feeling you're going for? What kind of expression are you wanting? If it's, if it's caricature, are, are we, are we mocking this person and having fun with, with this person? Or are we, cause sometimes caricature, it doesn't, have to be making fun of somebody, um, which people get very confused about, uh, especially lately, 
uh, in the last like four, five years or so, this, this woke stuff that's going on all of a sudden caricature, you know, I've been called an asshole. I've been called like a, a just a mean, like a bully for doing <laughs> caricature. And it's like, they don't understand that that it has, it's like what I'm actually doing is painting and capturing an, an impression of somebody, how I feel. Um, and it's impressionism is really what it is. Um, Cause I think often a, a good caricature looks more like a person than a portrait ever could. Uh, so it doesn't have to necessarily be mean, but if you're an ignorant person, you might look at it and go, Oh, that's so mean, but <laughs> everybody is funny looking. So there's, there's nobody that's not funny looking. Um, and uh, so, but basically I, I work on, you know, I, I get the information up front of what kind of personality they want, what kind of like even posture and, um, some art directors have no idea. Um, and a lot of times I don't have enough time to even read an article. Like I'll ask for like the basics of what they're, what it's about or whatever. And, and then I just start with rough sketches and, um, I usually try to keep them pretty loose, uh, because the painting process, you know, that, that, that takes a lot of time. And I usually only have a couple days to do a job. Um, deadlines usually are like pretty quick. So it's a pretty fast process. Like basically once I know what they're looking for, I just get on Google and I look, I'll gather as many references as possible and I just start sketching. And if it's a realistic portrait, the client usually supplies me with references that they have approval for me to work with. Um, because it's, you know, I'm basically going to be painting from, from some photographer's work, you know, and I change it. I, I make it more my style and everything. But uh, with caricature, there's a little bit more freedom because I you don't even know sometimes where I'm getting my references because I kind of use a bunch to come up with one image. Um, and I use myself a lot. You know, I have to photograph myself a lot of times or my wife. Um, I've got a lot of blackmail photos of my wife in weird <laughs> like suits and costumes. And um, but, but yeah, it's it's basically, you know. I do as much as I can to give myself as much to work with. Um, and once the sketch is approved, I just, just basically paint and paint and paint until it's done. And that's pretty much it. And so speaking of your, of, of you painting, what, um, like, what is, what is your, your tool of trade? I mean, obviously, and, and, and for full disclosure here, for everyone who's listening, Jason is, uh, I, I've never met Jason personally, but he does work for the Washington Examiner. In fact, he did the most recent, he did the, not the most recent, but the November 9th cover of the Washington Examiner magazine uh, with Glenn Youngkin and, and Terry McAuliffe on the cover uh, after Glenn Youngkin won the election in Virginia. So uh, we, we kind of worked together. Uh, he did an illustration for story that I wrote sometime last year about the uh, there's always this argument going on about how this is the most important election ever. <laughs> and Jason's one of my favorite artists that works for the magazine. So I am a little biased in that respect. Um, but just wanted to put that out there. So I, I know that artists, a lot of artists nowadays are using, uh, using, you know, like, uh, what is it? I can't remember what they're called now, but drawing electronically using, using, computers mm, like the, the, tap yeah, tablets, digital painting the digital yeah. painting instead of yep. instead of uh taking the time and it, it 
so the question I have for you is a, is that, is that faster to be able to get it done for you? And B, do you, even when do you, do you do any work privately or for, for that you've been commissioned where you're still working with uh, conventional tools, paintbrushes and, and that kind of thing? Yeah. Um, I, so I am a self-taught artist. Um, I've been, my dad isn't, my dad is an artist and he was an art teacher. Um, and people always assume that because of that, like I learned everything from my dad. Um, but the truth is, is I, I kind I, you know, I would watch my dad and I was around him, excuse me. Um, you know, he was a wildlife artist and I grew up around him watching him and every once in a while he would show me, you know, how to paint with watercolor a little bit or do something. But for the most part, he kind of left me alone. Um, I think he knew that I was pretty serious. And I mean, I, I really actually had trouble socially when I was a kid. I didn't really play much with other kids. Uh, I, I would literally spend all my time drawing and I actually got grounded from drawing once because I was drawing so much that my dad, um, uh, you know, from what I, my dad's like very, um, um, fundamental Christian. And I, if I remember correctly, it was, I, I was putting drawing before the Lord. Uh, and I, 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 he took me to the movies and I was drawing in the movie theater. I had, I had a sketchbook with me at the movie theater and he's like, all right, you got problems. And, um, so I, I remember getting grounded from drawing. Um, but as I grew up, uh, you know, I didn't really want, I wanted to learn everything on my own anyways. And so I would just draw whatever I wanted to draw. And I just was, I just was super passionate. I would just draw hours and hours and hours and hours a day. Um, and you know, so I'm traditional at heart. Like I, um, I basically taught myself how to paint with watercolors, then acrylics, oils, color pencil, pen and ink. Um, and I, I, pretty much can do any kind of technique that there is. And, um, and then once my career started, uh, let's see, it's crazy. I've been doing this professionally now for almost 20 years, which is crazy to think. Um, but when I was first getting started, I was doing all of my commissions with acrylics on panel and, um, a little sometimes color pencil and, and that sort of a thing, but it was very stressful because, the, the, you know, as I started working, I started realizing these deadlines are just crazy. And then when I would work with acrylics, there'd be changes and I'd have to go back. And then, um, and sometimes I couldn't make the change because it's impossible. Like it's just too much. Um, and then you'd have to scan it in and then you'd have to color correct it and you have to, and then you have to like stamp out all the dust, dust specs and different things that show up when you scan it. And it, it was a real pain in the butt doing traditional stuff for crazy deadlines, but that's the way it was. And, and eventually a friend of mine, um, my dad had mentioned it. And then a friend of mine was like, dude, you got to start working digitally. And I was against digital art. Uh, I just didn't feel like it was real. And um, I just didn't like it. Most of the digital art I saw, I didn't like, and back then there was like, now there are so many like brushes and different things that artists have created that really have a nice texture and, and feel to them, but they didn't have anything like that when I first started. And I, I basically get, bought this like cheap little tablet thing 
And I started messing around with it. And I, I did a painting for Muscle Magazine of Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I, it was my first thing I ever did digitally. And I, you know, it was kind of a gamble, to be honest, because they commissioned me before I got the tablet to do a painting of Arnold. And they were expecting probably my acrylic work. Um, but I just got this tablet and I was like, I'm going to let this job pay for this tablet I just bought. <laughs> <laughs> and so I did my first digital painting and, and I was, I was like, Whoa, I can work way faster and um, I can make changes w- way quicker and it looks really good. And I can like zoom in and zoom in and zoom in and get even more detail um, in the less amount of time. Cause my ultimate goal as an illustrator at that time was I wanted to, to be able to paint super realistic, um, which I was doing, but with acrylic, it took forever. Um, and, and I just didn't have the kind of time. So all of a sudden I started to realize that the digital stuff, I was able to do that. And long story short, I basically just made a decision that um, when I paint digitally or when I do editorial work, um, illustration work, I work digitally because um, I'm able to work faster and make the deadlines and make the changes because there's always changes and different things. Um, oh, how would we make the eyes look this way or something? You know, it's like if I did that in acrylics, I'd have to, you know, I, I would lose my mind. <laughs> um, but basically, um, I still paint traditionally, but only for private commissions. Like I've done oil portraits for, I did a bunch of oil portraits for the university of Maryland, um, of their past presidents. Um, I've done, you know, other commissions of oil paintings for certain people, celebrities and stuff like that. Um, watercolors or, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and then when I work, when I try to do work for myself, my own personal thing, I, I, I prefer to do traditional. Um, but like with editorial and illustration work, there are still a lot of illustrators out there that I respect that work traditionally, but I think it's just insane (laughs) because they don't pay enough money. Uh, Like, like when I do an oil painting, I get paid really well. I won't do an oil painting for anybody unless it's for a lot of money. Right. Um, I love it, but I also know like I've done digital paintings for $20,000 before. Um, So if I'm going to do an oil painting, uh, like you know, I have to try to like, all right, well, I've done digital paintings for 10,000. I was like, you know, so it's like, what's the right price here? Right. Right. <laughs> and, and I, and I don't get to do as many traditional paintings as I would like. So that means they're even worth more because there's not as many being produced, you know, they're like, they're more originals. Um, but yeah, every once in a while, you know, I, I'll be asked, you know, like, yeah, but if you did an original, you know, like for Rolling Stone, I've done a bunch of paintings for them. And there's been a few times where the, the owner of Rolling Stone has wanted to buy the painting. Um, and then they have to explain, oh, he, he did this digitally. And they're like, oh, okay. So that would have been awesome because I would have made extra money. But they also only give me two days to do a painting for them. So <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hard to turn around if you're going to do a regular painting. Yeah. And they're not paying like that well, you know? So it's like, I, I just don't understand. Like, why would I kill myself doing in a traditional painting for like 1500 bucks? Right. That doesn't make any sense to me at all. Right. Uh, and you, sound, <laughs> you, you remind me of um, uh, the director, Robert Rodriguez, who was one of the first directors to like really embrace digital and got to a point where he was telling people, why are you bothering to, to shoot with film? 
uh, you know, when you can kind of see what you just did right after you did it. And uh, yeah. as, as somebody who likes to do photography, I remember people getting down on digital photography and it's like, wait a minute, why do I want to spend, go out and spend X amount of dollars on rolls of film and then X amount of dollars getting in process and then not really knowing what I'm going to get until, yeah. until I get it back. And then it's just kind of like, so it, I, I completely understand, especially now when it comes to like editorial work, you, you are typically going to have short deadlines. You're not going to have weeks on end to do it. And <laughs> speaking yeah. of editorial work in that realm, it's not very, people aren't very well compensated. It's, it's not something that, so if you want it fast, you're going to have to, you're not going to get, you know, it's like, oh, okay, well, I'll, I'll turn around and get you get it done quickly, but it's going to cost X. But at the same time, you can't charge Y because they're like, well, wait a minute, we don't have that kind of budget anymore. So, um, yeah, exactly. And that's the thing too, is I'm not like married to the work. Uh, it's like, you know, an editorial piece is an editorial piece. It's not a, it, it, like I try to do the best work possible and I try to give a high quality, you know, every single time, Certainly. but it's not like, um, I wouldn't say, Oh, this is fine art. You know, this is like, this is different than when I'm doing a commission for someone's portrait. Right. Like, and so I, I, I can turn my brain off on, on that and be like, Hey, I'm just going to, this is a fun project and I'm getting paid this much. So I'm going to give them, you know, do the best I can in that amount of time, send it off and start the next one. Right. You know? <laughs> well, I but, mean, you, you know, you're an artist, but it's still, it's, it, it's work. It's a job. Yeah. So it's not it's, the same yeah. as what you might put into it or put the thought, even if you're doing like personal work, it doesn't mean your work is going to be any, it, it, yeah. it's not going to be and, bad or you're not going to do it half-assed. You're going to do it to the best of your ability, but you're not kind of thinking about it the same way as you would something else. It's just. Yeah. yeah. And, and like what you're saying about, um, about the director is that like, you know, there is that, that aspect of it where there's the, like, why would you film a movie with film? Well, I mean, I think, Tarantino would disagree because it, it, there's like the purity. There's something about that, like, like that, the artist purity. Um, like for example, like what, that's why when I do my oil paintings, I take my time and it's more, it's the closest to religion I'll, I'll get. It's like my church, you know, like, like I, I will spend, I will take my time and like every brushstroke is important to me. Right. And, and, it, and it's, it's a slower process, but it, it's, it's different because I, I, when I'm doing that, I'm like, I'm in my, I'll even put classical music on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, you know, I, it's like, it's, there's that aspect of it that I can understand like why you would want to use film, but you're right. When it comes to like, you know, like you, you got a crazy deadlines and, and especially in editorial, there's so many cooks in the kitchen and they can change things on a dime. Like, you know, Oh, actually now this guy, we actually, you know, this happens for the Washington examiner all the time where um, really the, the expression needs to be more like this. Um, it's, it's been decided now. <laughs> it's like, I haven't already been painting for like five hours. It's like, <laughs> it's like, well, you know, so now I got to, and, and, and the funny thing is, is people think, Oh, it's just digital. You just like go beep, boop, pop, boop, and, you know, it magically changes. No, you have to like repaint it still. Right. You know, it's still drawing and it's still painting. It's just, it, it is quicker. It's easier to fix things and change things. Um, and I've spent like the last, like, gosh, like 15, 16 years or more, just like developing my own way of working digitally, where I think in a lot of ways, my digital work and my traditional work almost look the same. Mm -hmm. 
like I've been able to like develop my brushwork and, and that sort of a thing. Um, so it's taken some time to like feel like, you know, cause I, I, I still, when I'm drawing digitally and painting digitally, to me, it's no different. Right. Like I, I'm still painting and drawing and some people think like, Oh, it's just a digital painting, but do you do any real painting? And I just want to like punch them in the face. <laughs> well, it's just, it's the thing is it's, it's with anything that has become uh, more advanced with technology, it's a tool. Uh, you're just yeah. using a tool. So it's kind of like, um, you know, if you're a musician and you're, you're, you can it, nowadays somebody can record an album. They can record a song in their house using yeah. the tools that are available. They don't have to rent time in a studio. Now there are people that can use these tools to kind of manipulate things and say that it makes it easier. But I don't think that that necessarily holds up. You can hand any anybody you can you could buy the most expensive tablet there is and the most expensive software and hand it to me. And you'd be lucky if you got a stick figure out of it, no matter how <laughs> expensive it is. Whereas yeah. I could hand you a, a, a $2 sketch pad and a pencil and you could do something a whole lot better um, simply because you, the artist is in you. It has nothing to do with what you're doing. You even said the digital work doesn't actually necessarily make your work better. It just makes it a little easier for you to turn stuff around, particularly on a tight yeah. deadline. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, it's, it's, I don't, I don't uh, mess around. <laughs> like I, my time is too valuable to me. So like, I don't, you know, it, it doesn't make sense. You know, if I can get, if I can still my, cause my, my priority is delivering Siler quality work. That's like, uh, like I'm, I'm very competitive and I want my work to be the best work and, right. and, and not just, against other artists but against myself like like i want my next cover to be better than my last cover and i want to continue to push myself right um and so any way to make that possible like you know <laughs> it's like yeah I, I look at digital painting as is a tool for sure um and and i i um that's the thing too is i i'm not a big fan of i, I i've been teaching as well for many years mm -hmm. and i always tell my students that you know like don't be afraid to use the computer uh you know there, there's always been this like you know stigma you know this like uh there's always been this like underlining uh murmur i guess of oh it's not real art or something like that um and it's like no that's ridiculous it, it is um you know, it's what you make it. It's a tool, but I, I try to, to suggest to them to not abuse the computer because it can be very easy for people to just like manipulate things and push them around and whatever. But it's also not like wrong to do that sometimes for certain things, you know, like um, some, some artists are s s like so pure about it that they, they do things like, uh, you know, like, like, for example, if all of a sudden I have to put a, a like a, a political logo on something, uh, I'm not going to draw that. <laughs> like when I've got a day and a half to, to turn around a cover. So, I, you know, so I'll use that, I'll put it in there and I'll place it in and then I'll paint it into the thing. So it looks natural and it works together. But like, there's some people that are like, no, you have to draw that out. And it's like, well, I, I'd rather 
be able to have dinner with my family tonight. And <laughs> well, I mean, so. and that's those are details. Yeah, and and and, and I'm gonna, you know, and anybody who's gonna listen to this and gonna be like, you're wrong. I'll defend you. I mean, it's like if you look at a cover of something or you look at an illustration, you look at something. It's like, the, yeah, the if there's a sticker or there's a sign or something like that. Yeah, why would you have to sit there and spend the time having to draw that sign? If it's like it's particularly if it's something like a stop sign or something, you know, it's like why not yeah. use a photo, kind of put it in there, and then you know, do whatever you do to make it look like paint over it paint to over. blend right. it in. Sure, yeah, it 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 makes it makes total sense. Um, who are like now? I know you probably have a bunch of uh, illustrators uh, similar to you who you 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 looked up to. Um, but, and I'll ask you about them, but if, if you were going to mention some like traditional artists, we're talking about you know, the Da Vinci's, people like that, um, Monet, who, who are some of the artists that, that you admire from the, cl- the, the classics? Like what, what, what are some of the uh-huh. artists that inspire you? Well, um, let's see. I'm sure you can name a whole bunch, but I mean, you I, don't want to well, I, spot here. My, I would say, uh, it's funny because I'm actually not a fan of Da Vinci, okay. um, which a lot of people think is hilarious. Uh, but I'm not, it's not that I'm not a fan. I respect, obviously, who he was and what he did. Mm-hmm. But but I've seen his paintings in person, and I'm not impressed. Right. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm just not. <laughs> I, and, and I know this sounds funny, but I, I don't think he knew how to use the color green very well. Um <laughs> But I've seen his paintings in person. And I'm like, eh, you know, but he did other things amazing. And for the time and he made his own paints and he made his own brushes. And so, yeah, I mean, the guy's a genius. I've seen his his pencil drawings in person and they are really amazing. Um, I, his pencil drawings are just phenomenal. Um, and of course, you know, all the work that he did with cadavers and all that stuff was just incredible. But my personal favorite of, around that time would be Michelangelo. Um, I like I just the guy could do everything and he was the best. And um, I mean, he wasn't even a painter and he painted the Sistine chapel, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. it's like he tried to get out of that job. He's like, I am not a painter. Get one of those other Ninja Turtles to do it. And um, <laughs> he, he did it and he did an amazing job. But the thing that blows me away is the David and I've seen it in person. And the fact that he did that when he was 26 years old, is just, that's just mic drop. It's just crazy. It's one of the most perfect things I've ever seen. Um, but um, there's a lot of artists. Like I, I, I do love Monet and Monet, Monet was actually a caricature artist. That's how he started. And um, he would actually had like gallery shows with his caricatures um, and I can't remember the name of the artist, but there was an artist that was pretty big at the time who in a way kind of looked down on, on him and said that, you know, that's not real art. Um, and so he got him to go out and paint landscapes with him. And really, I think the one thing that I think is kind of cool is if you look at what Monet did with, with impressionism is he kind of like reestablished and changed it, but he, he was doing caricatures. (laughs) He was doing caricatures of the landscapes. He was pushing the color in crazy ways and the form and the shapes. And, and that's really, so like, I I think that caricature was like basically the foundation for impressionism, um, which I think is amazing because that's really what caricature is, is impressionism. But yeah, I really liked him. Uh, I, I 
Van Gogh is an artist that there's certain paintings of his that I really like, especially in person. Just um, I, I, I love the, uh, the charm of Van Gogh uh, because, you know, there's, there's, there's certain paintings of his that I love, but I'm like, I know that he was actually trying to paint it as realistic as he could. And people now are like, Oh, look at, he, look how he did the room all skewed and the chair all weird. And that was so cool that he did that. No, he was trying to paint that as realistic as possible, but that that's all he could do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So there was, there's like this, you know, people love Van Gogh's work and they think, Oh man, he was a genius. It's like, well, I love the way his work looks and it's, it is really beautiful to look at, but, he, he was, he was really trying to paint what he saw <laughs> and, and it, it's, it's, there's almost a childlike um, uh, feeling to it, which I think is awesome. I, you know, so I really like his work a lot for that reason. I like the way he laid in his paint, but like one of my, I would say my biggest influences as an artist have been um, uh, John Singer Sargent uh, was one of my favorite artists of all time and um, Lion Decker and Norman Rockwell. Yeah. Norman Rockwell uh, for sure. Huge. I'm a huge fan of Rockwell. Um, uh, who else? Like uh, Zorn, Zorn Anders uh, is an amazing artist. There's so many, but I really am in- influenced by painters more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, or when I was younger, I was, influenced by caricature you know mad magazine mort drucker jack davis <laughs> that's, that's you know? i'm laughing because i was like i was gonna ask you about that i was like yeah you're a mad magazine fan i was like, okay yeah yeah well i mean you know it's it's crazy because um you know i grew, i grew up i thought i invented caricature <laughs> um i didn't know anything about it i just started drawing caricatures and my dad noticed and he bought me this book about caricature and I remember just being bummed out because I, I was like oh this I didn't I, I I really thought that this was something I came up with I didn't even know what the word was and then I couldn't even pronounce it at first I'm like caricature like what is this and then um and then I, I started getting into mad magazine when I was about maybe nine or ten and and I just started drawing everything that I saw um and just started you know really got into mad magazine and, and then eventually it was like a dream of mine to work for mad magazine. And, uh, when I've, when I actually got my first job for mad magazine, it was like the, I mean, I had been, I've done, I had done work for time. I had done work for sports illustrated and all, all kinds of different things. But for some reason, mad magazine was like the thing that it was, it was like, I made it, you know? Mm-hmm. And then when I, when I eventually got my first cover for Mad Magazine, like, I, I mean, I painted the Pope for Person of the Year for Time Magazine, one of the biggest covers ever. And I got way more excited painting Alfred E. Newman on the cover of Mad Magazine. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was way bigger, you know, way, way, you know, I, in fact, I don't even, I don't have my Time covers printed and hanging anywhere in my house. I have my Mad Magazine cover hanging in my studio oh wow (laughs) (laughs) like that that's the one that's like like i still can't believe that i did it you know (laughs) yeah no that's awesome i mean i i was i'm one of those ones that was like i feel like i'm crazy because i 
some someone threw away the giant stack of Mad magazines that I had, like original copies that I, uh, I had. Like my parents bought me subscriptions yeah. every year for like for Christmas as a Christmas gift, and I would just I'd had like every one, and I just I soaked them up. I still reference them sometimes in conversations, like some of the things that they talk about. It was just so it was so <laughs> darn funny, and the art was so good. Um, that's yeah. Great. My ex wife did that to me. Oh, like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was going through a breakup with her, and she threw away my Mad magazines. Oh no! And yeah, I, I, I still can't believe it. My, <laughs> my fishing pole and my tackle, and my Mad magazines. I mean, there's got to be a special place in hell. You know what I'm saying? It's <laughs> like terrible. you don't touch my Mad oh, magazines. Oh, the Mad magazines. That's. I mean, I, I would oh. c- collecting from my childhood. Oh man. And she threw them away just because she was mad. That's, I was like, oh, that's, that's tough. I mean, I, I kind, I don't know who to blame in my, my, it might have been me, <laughs> might have been my mother, but I might have said she might have, she probably asked my mother, you want these? Ah, I don't need them anymore. I'm yeah, <laughs> not realizing how much fun I'd have going back looking through them now. So, um, but who are some of the who are some of the modern artists? Like you mentioned an artist earlier that you that inspires you and and and. and um, I think it was before we started recording. You mentioned one person, but who, who are some of the the people that do similar work to yours that that you look up to? You oh, um, well, not really as many now. Right. Um, I mean, I'm not really in, inspired by caricature work. Um, well, early on. I mean, uh, like, it doesn't necessarily yeah. have to be now, but like, who are oh, some okay, of your okay. influences? Uh, well, early on, um, Sebastian Kruger. Uh, he, he's He's an amazing artist from Germany. He was a huge influence when I was first getting started. Um, an, another artist from Belgium, Jan Oktebeek, who's actually become a really close friend of mine. Um, I've actually done workshops in, in Europe with him. Um, and uh, let's see. But when I was getting started in illustration, um, my, my influences were um, Tom Fluharty, who is actually does a lot of stuff for the Washington Examiner as mm-hmm. well. And, uh, him and I became really good friends. He, um, he was like one of these guys that, um, I had, had seen his work all over the place and, and he, I wrote him, uh, this is before there was anything like Facebook or anything like that. I found his email, I actually contacted his agent and then he, eventually him and I became friends and, um, he brought me to New York to introduce me to a bunch of people. And then his agent signed me. Um, so he, he was like a really big help early on in my career. Um, but him and, uh, CF Payne, Roberto Prada, James Bennett, Fred Harper, Steve Brodner, Drew Friedman. Um, gosh, let's see. There's so, there's so many, um, that I, I basically, what I would do is I would go to like a Barnes and Nobles and I would flip through all the publications and if there was a caricature um, uh, in, in, in anything, I would get that. I would just get the magazine. And then I, my wall in my studio at the time was just, it looked like a ser- serial killer lair. It was just like, um, I had just artwork all of other people all over my wall with sticky notes, with notes next to it pointing to something like, like look at these hands, you know, or, or check out the perspective on this or so like it was, it was basically uh, how I learned how to do what I do. I was trying to figure it out by 
um, just looking at these other artists. And then there was this other artist, Ishmael Rolden, who he was a really huge influence on me um, and kind of took me under his wing when I was first getting started. Um, and I would just write him and he would write me back and he would say, this is really good, but your hands are terrible. He would just tell me. And then I would uh, get frustrated. And then I would go and I would draw like 50 hands. Um, and then uh, my next drawing would be way better, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, there's a lot of mad magazine artists too, that I really looked up to um, like Mort Drucker and Jack Davis and uh, Norman Mingo and uh gosh there's a ton a ton of those so yeah like that, that such a huge deal for me uh when i got to go to new york um uh i, I had I'd visited the mad magazine offices many times but this one time in particular my grandmother was with me and um she, I, I brought her to the mad magazine office and that it was really cool because uh sam viviano was the art director at the time and he uh, he had me sign the the wall of the usual gang of idiots. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm officially one of the usual gang of idiots. <laughs> like it was like a childhood dream come true. <laughs> and uh, for those of you that don't know, that's what the artists are called uh, that work for mad magazine. The writers and the artists are the usual gang of idiots. So yeah, it's, it was pretty cool, man. That's great. That's a great story. So, I mean, that's, um, and, and, you know, it, it's interesting now, hopefully you're among the people that newer uh, illustrators are looking up to that you're, you're the inspiration uh, for their work. Um, so let's uh, just wanted to talk a little bit. And you touched on this earlier, but I wanted to bring it back. Like, you know, you do the, um, you do covers for the Washington Examiner. So you do, Political caricatures. Now, political caricatures are, they have been around, I, I, I don't even know. I can't even say. If, if you said that Monet was doing them, then we've probably been around for hundreds and hundreds of years. Oh, yeah. And caric- they, were, they were really exaggerated back then, too. Like, they they really were, they would, like, almost make them animalistic in a way. <laughs> you know? and, well, that's the whole idea. A caricature has, it. First of all, a good caricature, the person is immediately recognizable in my view. Now, I don't know how you feel yeah. about that, but I'm sitting here thinking, if I see a caricature and I know who it is, that's a good caricature, even if it's done with, with them looking kind of like ridiculous. But I mean, caricatures are almost kind of meant to look ridiculous at times. They're not supposed to be flattering. That's the reason why they call it a caricature. Um, if you want someone to draw a nice illustrated picture of yourself you do that if you want a caricature you're probably going to look a little goofy and i mean yeah. <laughs> and that's perfectly fine uh, i've seen and we'll be linking to your your instagram profile but i've seen at times when you've kind of shut the comments off because essentially people would just get very angry about yeah. the photo that you were showing or the, the 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 illustration that you were displaying and as an artist you're and just correct me if I'm wrong, and then you can kind of explain what you think about it. Is like, as an artist, you're not expressing your political views because you're asked to do a particular thing. And it just so we know, like people are sitting there saying, ah, "I don't watch the Examiner, right wing rag, blah blah blah, whatever." Yeah. <laughs> if you, if any of you have picked up last year, if you picked up a copy of Time Magazine's Person of the Year, it was it was Joe Biden and Kamala Harris on the cover. Jason did that illustration. And at first, I wasn't when I first saw the cover when it came out. 
I assumed it was it was a a, a photo kind of mashup that they did together, and then found out no, it was it was actually him doing an illustration, and it's fantastic. And oh, no, yeah, and no one would sit there and criticize that um, or attack you because you did it. Well, maybe there are. Wow, can you sit there and draw something nice if Joe Biden is this and that, whatever? It's it's frustrating though, isn't it? I mean, when you're just saying, "Hey, I'm part of this work that I did," and somebody thinks, "Well, just because you did that, that means it's that's what you believe politically." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and those people are what I like to call stupid. Um, <laughs> it, it's really frustrating. So when I did, first of all, I need to, I want to explain something. Is is so when you do when an artist gets asked to paint the person of the year cover, first of all, they, they hire several covers for time magazine it's person of the year. They'll, they'll, they'll hire several art, artists to paint several different people. They don't know who the person's going to be. Um, and they don't know it could be. And, they, and sometimes they'll have an artist, like several artists paint the same person. So they get the best option of that, you know? So even if you get asked to paint the person of the year cover, that doesn't mean you're doing the cover. So, it's a sort of a stressful gig. Um, and, but if you get it, it's basically, I would say like, like a winning an Oscar for an illustrator. It's like one, it's like the biggest cover that an illustrator can get. And so when I got the Pope in 2013, I couldn't believe it. I, it blew my, my, I, I still can't believe it. it. It changed, you know, it was like my biggest job ever. And, um, I actually started getting recognized in Chicago. People would recognize me walking around because there I was on the news so much. Um, I couldn't, I was like, like in target and someone was like, are you the guy that painted the Pope? Like, Holy cow. Uh, yeah, <laughs> this is weird. Um, they had me, my face in the taxi cabs, like people would ride around the cab and there's, I'm on the, you know, the TV in the cab. It was, it was a weird time. So it was a huge deal. And then for the next you know, five, six years, um, every year I'm asked to paint the person of the year. Um, and I, and I've, I've done a lot of paintings that I'm very proud of for time magazine, but they, they weren't chosen as person of the year and it's nothing against the art. It's about who gets chosen. And so I, I realize that now, so I don't take it personal. And so last year, um, I was asked to paint Biden and Kamala and I was very excited about it because, I was like, you know what? I think I have a really good chance because from what I know, usually when there's a new president elect, that's usually who the person of the year was. It was with Trump. It was with Obama. So I've kept track of that kind of thing, you know? And so I realized, and also it's, it's historical, whether you like them or not, it's a historical elect because it's, you know, everything that was going on with Trump, and the whole country was just going nuts and all of a sudden there's a new president. So it was kind of controversial and crazy. And now we have a first female vice president. So whether you like it or not, that's historical. And so I was, while I was painting it, I was like, I think this, you know, maybe they hired someone else to paint Joe Biden and Kamala. So now I'm in my mind, I'm like, I'm competing against maybe another artist, but I think this is what they're going to choose. So uh, about, I would say a couple hours before they announced it, I got an email congratulating me from time magazine on my second person of the year cover, um, which is a huge deal because I don't know 
you know, I might be one of very few people who have ever done the person of the year cover twice. Um, I looked up, I looked it up and I, I don't, I don't, I haven't found anybody that's done it more than once. Um, so it, that right there is historic. Um, for me personally, I was like, I can't believe I've gotten to do it twice. And I went from being so stoked and so pumped. I couldn't believe it. Uh, and when I shared it, I was like, and I was very proud of the painting. Um, and, uh, but what happened next was crazy because I, 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 I mean, I was getting like, not, not necessarily death threats, but people were writing me just, you know, writing the nastiest things to me. They hated the, and, and it wasn't just that people didn't like Biden or Kamala. There was a strong feeling at the time of, it should have been the, the first um, responders because of COVID and everything, they should have been on the cover. And I'm like, Hey, I don't have anything to do with that. <laughs> That's not my decision. Right. And, and I tried to defend it and explain to people that, you know, Time Magazine did honor the first responders. Um, they have a whole section like honoring them in the magazine. If you pick it up and look at the magazine and I tried to explain to them, the person of the year cover is about um, the, you know, it's basically the most historical thing of the year. And yes, the, the, the pandemic is pretty historical, uh, but there have been pandemics before there have been, you know, viruses and different things before there has never been a female vice president before. Right. So that automatically is the most historic out of all of them. I try to, you know, uh, break it down as simple as possible and people were still angry with me. Like, like I had something to do with it. <laughs> Your parents should be ashamed of you. And um, immediately my cover started being defaced um, all over the place. Um, people were changing my cover and this is what it should be. And, and it, I just didn't expect it to be so like, like it was loved and it was hated, you know, I, I, I at one hand, like celebrities were like sharing it and excited about it. Um, you know, and I, I shared it and I wasn't expecting to get like hundreds and hundreds of, uh, pretty much just hate mail and messages. And, uh, so it was, it was crazy. Um, but when it comes to this, to this kind of stuff, I know a lot of artists that are, that will refuse to do anything, you know, like they, they choose a political side and, right. And they're only going to illustrate for right wing or they're only going to illustrate for left wing or, or if you do something for a right wing magazine, you're, you're messed up and you're evil. And I don't know why you would give your talents to that propaganda or whatever else. And uh, I just think they're so silly and they're missing everything because it's like the way I look at it is like, if, if, first of all, I'm more personally in the middle Politically, like I think people that are far right or far left are just nut jobs and they, they need to like figure some stuff out because I think it's their fault that everything's fucked up. <laughs> like, I think we need to meet in the middle a little bit more and stop being so crazy. No, no, here, listen, I'll just interrupt you for a brief second. So one thing I quote often is an interview, Arthur Brooks, who used to be the head of uh, the American Enterprise Institute. And he says, right now we're being governed by the fringes. He goes, you have the 15% on the right, 15% on the left that are making all the decisions. And meanwhile, there's 70% of us in the middle who don't hate each other. 
Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. And so I look at it like, um, you know, like if, if I'm not going to illustrate something if I don't believe in it. Like if it's something crazy, you know, like that's a hateful or a harmful thing. I'm not, but like, if it's just like, you know, this guy uh, lost an election and this and that, and I can have fun with it and whatever, I, or, or, uh, you know, Trump loses and I do an illustration or Biden wins and I do an illustration. Um, to me, it's like you, these people that are attacking me, like, how could you draw this person? How could you do this? And how could you do that? Um, I'm not like, I look at it like this. I, I look at it like, you know, you know, like there's a photographer that goes to um, a, a real scene. Let, let's say uh, the January 6th thing. Okay. There's, there's photographers there at the Capitol and they're taking photos of it. And those photos end up in newspapers all over the place. Right. How could you take those photos? Well, I'm capturing history. I'm, I'm capturing what's going on right now in the world. I'm not choosing a side. You know what I mean? Like, like for me, when I do a, a political cover, whether it's for left or right, um, I look at it that way. Like I'm just, you know, like drawing this, this, this thing is happening right now. And they're like, Oh yeah, but that, that magazine is using it for their own propaganda and they're pushing this. And that. I'm like, every magazine is every single one. Like, it's just crazy to like, <laughs> I get so much, I do get a lot of crap for doing stuff for the Washington examiner, but I'm like, um, it's like, you know what? I've worked for a lot of uh, left-wing magazines as well. And that's, it's all propaganda. That's all it is. And so I, I'm not harming anybody. Right. It, I'm illustrating what's going on. I, I, I find, I think of it as a historical, my historical contribution to this time right now, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's, it's, that's it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's silly to attribute, your political views to the art that you do for a publication that you do. It's, it, it's kind of silly. And, and I, I'm glad you made the point about you wouldn't based on your own values. There are certain things that you wouldn't do. Um, when I was at the Dallas morning news, I mean, I'm pro-life and they told me we'll never make you write an editorial that goes against those, those values. So it, and so people, there are limits obviously, but at yeah. the same time, it's like, Drawing a funny looking picture of Nancy Pelosi doesn't mean that you hate Nancy Pelosi or drawing a funny looking picture of Donald Trump doesn't mean you hate Donald Trump. It's just that they, they let's face it, they are figures that political figures are very easy to caricature simply because they behave like caricatures so often Yeah, uh, that I think, it, I think <laughs> it, it becomes it becomes something that's very easy to do. And then, um, well, you know, it's funny is I actually really like both those people you mentioned. I actually really enjoy drawing both those people. Um, and I got to do both of them for a cover of time before. And, and it's the f only caricature cover I've ever done for time, which was awesome. But like, I, I get people get mad. Like I, everyone, I haven't done it lately because I haven't had the time, but bef way before Trump was even elected, I did a lot of drawings of Trump. I've done so many drawings of Trump because he's so fun to draw. He's got just such a funny face and his expressions his hair, his posture. And there's, there's so much you can do with the shapes and the form. And, you know, I've been drawing Trump on covers since like, I think 2009 or maybe seven mm -hmm. might've been one of the first covers or I done. I, did, I don't even know. It's been a long time. And um, in fact, no, now that I think of it even further back than that, 2004, um, I don't know if you've heard of this publication, but there's this publication called the Wittenberg door and it's like a religious satire magazine. Mm. 
And one of my first covers I ever did, I was still trying to figure out my technique and my style, but it was like acrylic and color pencil. I think I did Donald Trump sitting on a, on a throne with like a pentagram and he's got horns coming out of his head and he's wearing, he got hooves and there's like little angels cowering at his feet. Like they're scared and he's got his fist pointed and it says you're fired or something like that. Um, and it's just a goofy, funny cover that I did. Uh, skip fast forward years later, I had done a lot of work for the New York observer and I had no idea that Kushner was basically my boss. I had no idea. I didn't know that he ran that. I had no idea. And just before when Trump was running for president, um, I had, I kept coming up with these funny ideas that I thought would be a funny image. So I was, I was submitting them caricatures of Trump um, and they weren't getting back to me. And I'm like, Oh, that's kind of weird. I had done tons of covers for them. Um, and finally the art director wrote back and he goes, these are really funny and everything, but you do know that Jared Kushner, he's basically the one that commissions you to do these things. Like he's the one that's, that wants you to do these portraits that you've been doing and all this stuff. And he really likes your work. And, uh, you know, we're not going to show him these drawings. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, and I was like, Oh my gosh. And then the art director told me like, like, I don't know, not that much long after that, he was at a certain place and he sends me a photo and he goes, you'll never guess where this is hanging. And it's that portrait or that caricature cover I did of Trump with the devil horns. And it's, it's the actual magazine framed in a really nice gold frame and it's hanging in uh, Trump's golf club. <laughs> and and they were there and he's like, he's like, that's yours. Right. And I'm like, yeah. So, so Trump has my, devil painting of him framed in a gold frame hanging in his club. <laughs> <laughs> like this is so weird. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, it's, it's funny. Like I, but I do get a lot of crap from people just even just for drawing Trump, you know, cause they, people hate him so much or people, you know, or if people love him so much, it'll, then they, they write me, you know, for draw, they, they're mad at me for drawing him. You know, you just can't win, you know? And then and the, the problem is that, the, the thing that that I I just feel bad for all these people because the problem is, and I think this is a serious problem that we have as a country, and uh, with, with the last election and everything going on, is people idolize these politicians way too much. That you know they, they put them on such a pedestal, and I don't do that. I, I don't I don't care about them. I warn people all the time. I say, never put your faith in a politician. They are always going to disappoint you. That's always, yeah. it's just the way it is. And that's, that's because they're politicians. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. You may get some who, who rise above the rest, but even for them, even those who you really like are still going to do something that you don't like. They're just not yeah. going to be this pure. It's not this pure thing. It's never going to happen. So, well, um, Jason, I, I, I really uh, appreciate the time you coming on here talking about this, talking about your process, talking about the work. Uh, it's, it's fascinating. I always enjoy when, uh, when, you're, when you're doing the cover. I mean, the last cover you did, now I'm going to put this on the, in the notes and everything. People can kind of take a look at it. Glenn Youngkin standing there with his arms folded and his, uh, 
his what has become a trademark now is sweater vest. And then the, yeah. the hilarious thing is is the is Terry McAuliffe getting like pulled off the stage, getting a hook yeah. <laughs> with the Terry sign coming out of his hands. It's uh it's it's pretty funny because it kind of captures what happened with this election of Virginia for people that don't know. If you're not if you haven't read about it, it, it was it was Terry McAuliffe's race to lose up until he said something about parents should make decisions about what their kids are taught in the schools, and that just kind of it the race flipped at that point and Yunkin won uh, pretty easily in a state that Donald Trump lost by 10 points the year before. So that just kind of gives you an indication of how crazy politics is these days, as Jason talked about earlier. So uh, once again, uh, thanks for coming on here. I really appreciate your time. And uh, uh, where can can people find you and your work? Uh, Well, my website is jasonseiler.com. Um, and I'm also represented by Richard Solomon. So you can find my work there. Um, my Instagram is my name, Siler. Siler Paints is my Instagram. Um, I also host a weekly art podcast called Face the Truth. And you can find that on my YouTube channel and iTunes. And I basically, um, you know, talk with different artists from all over the world every week. Uh, from painters to sculptors, actors, comedians, um, uh, we had anything really having to do with the arts. And we just, it's an open conversation and we just talk about our life and art. And that's a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Um, and other than that, I'm, I just work and hang out with my kids and, uh, occasionally I tell jokes. <laughs> there you go. That's right. It's in stand-up work now as well. And we'll put links to all yep. that in the show notes but um, Jason Seiler thanks again for being here on Closer Consideration yeah no problem thanks for having me